welcome once again to In the Growth Space. My name is David McGlennon, and I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, today's episode is actually an episode that we're going to revisit from last year. And it was the very first episode that I had an interview. I had someone else on. And it seemed appropriate because Paul Martinelli is going to be speaking in person at our Inner Circle Summit this week. And in this conversation, there are so many seeds of gold. And Paul just dropped so many great personal development and growth nuggets that I know that when he comes and speaks this week at this Inner Circle Summit, he's going to go into a couple of these points a little bit deeper. And it's so interesting, too, that we mentioned the Turning Point Retreat and some of the exercises that we did there. And, and now I'm going to be facilitating, co-facilitating that same retreat with Paul in April 2022. And you'll hear more about that event next week. But if you attend the Inner Circle Summit on December the 10th, uh, which as this episode is airing, you'll be the first to hear about all of those details and have the first opportunity to secure your seat to that experiential event. Because the last time Paul ran this retreat, it, it actually sold out really, really quickly. So I'm going to be opening it up to the members of our inner circle and the people who are at the inner circle summit first. And that way I know that this community, those of you who are listening to the podcast will get an opportunity to be in the room. Now, if you're listening to this before December the 10th, go register for the summit. You can still come in person. And if you can't come in person, we do have a virtual option for you. So if you go to www.davidmcglennon.com forward slash inner circle summit, and that's all lowercase inner circle summit, go ahead and get your seat. And if you want the virtual option, just scroll to the middle of the page and you'll see a button there that says virtual option. But let's go ahead and listen into this conversation right now with Paul Martinelli. And even if you listened to it last year, you are at a new level of awareness and you will pick up many new pieces to take away. Let's get into that conversation now. Well, I am so excited for this episode. Um, I've already introduced you, uh, but I, and, and for probably many of my audience, you may not need uh, much introduction, but, but Paul, you've been a mentor to me for so long, and, and um, I'm just grateful to have you here on uh, In the Growth Space podcast. You're actually my very first guest on this podcast. I've done solo episodes up to this point, so I'm really grateful to have you here. I'm honored to be, wow, the first guest. Yeah, hey, man. Congratulations on the success of the podcast and, and all you're doing through your inner circle work with people. I think that's it's so incredible. An inner circle is, you look at anybody in achievement, look at their inner circle and, yeah. and you'll, you'll know what their future is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm a big believer in having the right people around you and actually being in a room where, you know, you're not the smartest person in the room. And um, I know that that's helped me in my success a bunch. And yeah, you know, and it's something that you've taught me as well. And uh, I, you know, I think that, you know, having thinking partners is so important for business leaders. I, I'm curious to know, you know, from your perspective, what would you, you know, recommend for business leaders in the environment that we're in right now to continue to grow and to continue to focus on their own, not only personal growth, but, but their business growth as well? 
Yeah, you know, David, I think there's a couple of things. I think think outside your industry. We can get so tunnel vision. You know, I kind of cut my teeth in you know the janitorial business when I was 22 years old. I took $200 and had a dream. I bought a vacuum cleaner, and and I was so focused on what all my competition was doing. I was mimicking whatever they were doing, which, if you think about it, automatically positioned me as a follower. Yeah, and. And so I joined a group called the Executives Association, very, very much like your business leader inner circle, where, mm-hmm. where there were business leaders from different companies, yeah. from different industries, from different sectors, right? Mm-hmm. And, and now all of a sudden, I had marketing ideas. I had yeah. logistic ideas. I had you know admin, recruiting, management, every kind of idea that I needed for that business, I was able to learn from from multiple industries. And, you know, I think it's really important that we surround ourselves with people who believe like we believe, you know, shared values, right? Character, integrity, non-negotiables, right? Right. Uh, but think different thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Think different thoughts. And so for, for me, if, if I could encourage, you know, business leaders to do one thing, it's to find that inner circle, to find those, I don't know, five, 10 people that have a different perspective, that have a different mm-hmm. worldview, uh, that, that have a different a different map, right? That, mm-hmm. that have a different agenda. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the work that I've done too, that it's the business owners that really get that, that have really succeeded, I think, in this environment. I mean, as we're recording this, we're still in the midst of this, this pandemic. And so it's the leaders who have been able to think, I don't want to say outside the box, because sometimes it's actually thinking inside the box with some constraints that gives way to some creativity. And I think that those leaders that have surrounded themselves with other creative thinkers have been really the ones that have been most successful. Yeah, I think, you know, the other thing is, you know, if you're a business leader, right, you know, I employ, I don't know, 12 or 15 people here. There's not one of these 12 or 15 people who feel comfortable at any time knocking on my door and challenging my thinking. Sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. Now, now, I make it welcome. I tell them in a meeting. Right. Who am I kidding? There's right. not one of them that's going to come in and say, you know what? Hey, thanks so much for making the safe space for me to come right. in and just give you some positive feedback on you know, how I think you'd be doing a better job. Right. Not one of them is going to do that. Not right. one of them is going to do that, right? Exactly. But if yeah. I could sit down in, in, in their circle and say, you know, I got this knucklehead at the office and here's what's going on, right? And yeah. well, for Pittsburgh, I could say jag off. Right, know, exactly. <laughs> and here's what's happening, right? And, <laughs> and, and somebody from my inner circle can say, hold on, you missed the ball on this one. Yeah, yeah. See, there's nobody, there's nobody who challenges me. Right. There's nobody right. who stretches me. Yeah. There's nobody who pushes back on me. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, our nose is right here and our mouth is right here, <laughs> right? That's it. Our nose is here. Our mouth is here. We could talk all day long and not know we have bad breath. That's so true. But everybody in the room knows. Yes, exactly. Everybody in the room knows, right? Yep. <laughs> our nose is right there. We can't wait. Right? We don't can't even, That's great. <laughs> oh, it's just a good reminder. You know, yeah. maybe not the best graphic for, for those of you who are watching or, or listening, but, but oh, it's true, great. right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and we get so close to our team and our, you know, and there's something to be said about, you know, working for somebody that, like you said, you know, you're not going to just go and challenge them, or at least it's not as comfortable to go and do that. And, you know, one of the things that I always talk about in in my culture work is having a speak straight conversation, but yet 
still having that speak straight conversation, it's you still got that pit in your stomach, right? Yeah. yeah. There, are, there are no speak straight conversations. I mean, at, at the end of the day, uh, somebody below you is, is going to filter their comments. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just, that's why, that's why if you're a leader, you mm-hmm. need a coach. Right. Right. Yeah, you, absolutely. You need a coach. Yeah. You need a coach who, who, who is outside the box that that's willing to push back on you. Yeah. Yeah. And I see this, you know, all the time in, in, you know, the work that I do with, even with emerging leaders, because they're still learning how to do that and how to have these conversations. But it, it is, it's hard. It's, it, it's really hard. How do you keep yourself growing? And, you know, you've had a lot of success and, and you, you started out, you know, in the, in the janitorial world, you've created and, and built several multi-million dollar businesses. You've sold, you know, I don't even know how many hundreds of millions of dollars of products, but how do you keep yourself growing? I'm just kind of curious, somebody at your level, how do you just, how do you keep on the edge? Yeah, well, thanks. I think uh, there's a couple of things. One is I teach, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Lead, learn, lead, learn, lead, learn, lead, mm-hmm. learn. Right? So teaching is really important. I mentor people. So I, I have a practice of tithing, to, you know, 10% of my time where yeah. I'm not being paid for it, right? So it's, yeah. it's even better. Because look, even, even there are people who, who are hired coaches and mentors who still fall into that category where they're not going to be straight with their clients because they don't get fired from their client. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I mentor people that challenge me and it forces me to go down to the real low level where I was 30 years ago mm-hmm. and keep that thinking fresh, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And keep that perspective fresh. You know, I think the most important thing is, is, you know, a beginner's mind is really critical. Yeah. Right? A beginner's mind is really critical. The other thing is I do a lot of audible books. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, I mean, I'm in Ted Cruz's book right now, One Vote Away. Oh, yeah. Report, an awesome book. And I'm also in um, uh, Killing Crazy Horse uh, oh, yeah. series with uh, sure. O'Reilly, which is, if you haven't read those series, they're all they're good. awesome. Yeah, they awesome. are for sure. What a, what a perspective of history. And so I, you know, I, I, I do that. I try to quit something, you know, every 90 days, I try to quit something mm-hmm. and for, for whatever. I, I don't care what it is, but I try to quit it. Developing that discipline muscle is really critical, right? Oh, yeah. And so for most people, most people think discipline is required when we start something. It is. Yeah. That's a much easier discipline. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, you're creating habit. Try mm-hmm. break one. Right. Right. Try- <laughs> right. Yeah. Break- yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, talk a little bit about more about that discipline because man, I tell you what, you know, the more I I coach, the more I talk with business leaders, the more I realize that it is about your habits and and your and the things that you're doing automatically. And you talked about like quitting something. So every 90 days you're quitting something and I I think that as business leaders, we have to learn how to filter what to say yes to and what to say no to. And so I'd love to hear kind of your take on how do you decide, you know, what do you say no to and what do you say yes? And then what do you quit? I know there's a lot in there, but. Yeah. Well, you know, we start with the discipline idea first is, is that, you know, there's this, you know, all of us have infinite potential. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at a young person, that potential is chaotic. It's scattered all over the place. Right. Mm -hmm this, they want to do this, they want to do this, you know, kid wants to join soccer, then he wants to do t-ball, then they want to do ballerina, then she wants to do gymnastics, and then she wants to, right? 
And so, they're, they're, you know, we're all over the place. It is disciplined potential that makes all the difference in the world. Mm. Until we introduce discipline to potential, potential in and of itself is worthless. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's worthless. You know, look, at the ground level, you know, that chaotic energy is like, you know, being in a hurricane, really, really chaotic. But if you can get above it and you look down on the storm, it's really well organized. It's a really, it's a really defined structure, right? Mm-hmm. It's a highly organized system, right? Yeah. And so the more discipline we develop, the higher up we can go. And, and obviously then the, the, the much more control we have. And I think we begin to gain clarity on our purpose. Mm. And it's our purpose that becomes the filter through which we make all of our decisions in our life. If you show me somebody who is a slow decision maker, you know, back and forth and not sure, I'll show you a person who doesn't know where they're going for sure. I'll show you a person who doesn't know their their purpose because, you know, when I got the email to be on the show, I don't think we told you, well, you know, let's think about it. It was a fun. Yes. Right. Yes. Why? Well, it's in harmony with my purpose. Absolutely. Got a friendship and a a relationship with you too. But I would have said yes to to somebody who's doing the work that you do in the world, David. Mm. I so appreciate, I so understand the value of it because I've been that struggling entrepreneur. Mm. I've been that emerging leader that just needed some mentorship and needed somebody to speak into my life like you do to your listeners. Mm -hmm. So the answer is yes, right? Mm. That's part of my purpose. And so- I think we we need to develop discipline. Discipline is the ability to give yourself a command and then follow through with it, right? So we say we're going to go to the gym and we don't check the weather, right? Right. We we give ourselves a command and we stick with it. And a purpose is the filter through which we make all the decisions in our life. It's why we do what we do, right? Mm -hmm. And and then from there, we we then can then cast a vision. And vision becomes our highest conscious awareness of ways for us to live our purpose. Now, our purpose is like the sun. It doesn't change. It's Our purpose is there for a season of our lifetime. When we're younger, seasons last maybe a year, maybe three years, right? Yeah. The older, the grayer, the balder we get, mm-hmm. those seasons go a little longer, five years, seven years, 12 years, right? They, they last yeah. longer. Vision is a living, breathing document of our life mm-hmm. because if we're doing life right, we're always expanding our awareness. Therefore, new ideas and new ways and new connections come in and new possibilities and new opportunities. Isn't that the joy of life, right? Isn't that, isn't that right? Yeah. That's the salt of life. And from there, we then look at that and say, is that in harmony with my purpose? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. it is, boom, go. Yeah. And if it's not, pass. Right, right. How do you recommend people to find that purpose? Because I know that, you know, so often people are are searching for that, especially when they're younger. I, I know some people my age that are still searching for their purpose as well. And quite frankly, I mean, I think I, I honestly, I found mine when I turned 50. You know, it was, it was kind of like this, I call it a midlife awakening. But, you know, how do you mentor people to find that purpose? You know, I've answered this question a hundred different ways, <laughs> depending on where I was in my journey. You know sure. what I mean? And every yeah. single time I answered it, David, I was right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but having now 30 years, real deep study in the field of human potential. Remember, I'm a high school dropout. Yeah. So I started when I was, I started, to, I read my first, the first time I read a book was in 1990. So I was 24 years old mm. when I read a book. Wow. Now I could read, but I never read. 
never read a book. Mm-hmm. And so I've been studying since then. And if I think about it, I think our purpose finds us. Mm-hmm. And I think what we do is we spend until we're about 50 running away from it mm-hmm. because it doesn't fit the model of the life we're doing. Yeah, and so it comes into her. Chances are, when you look at your purpose, you know, it was an epiphany to you in that you accepted it, but it's something that had been chasing you your whole life. It, sure. it, you just knew it was right. As yeah. a matter of fact, if you look at your life, you say, Oh my goodness, everything that's happened in my life has prepared me for this. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I think what we need to do is, you know, sometimes we need to just stop searching for a second. And just look behind me and say, what's, what's chasing me? <laughs> yeah. You know, right. Me? And right. there it is. Yeah. You know, and, you know, what are you hiding from? Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. What do you fear most? And I think on the other side of that, you're going to find your purpose. And that's so good because so often I talk about getting outside of our comfort zone and breaking through the terror barrier. And, and that space in between there is is that fear. But we have to press into it and actually just experience the fear and do it anyway. And I mean, I know that I was at uh, the turning point retreat with you a number of years ago and, you know, just doing some of those obstacles that we did out there on, on the ropes course. I mean, there were some that for me, you know, they weren't too bad, but when I climbed that pole and I got to the top and then they strapped me in and said, okay, it's up to you now jump. And I'm like, Oh crap. (laughs) To that, you know, I knew that I just needed to make that decision. And I, it, it didn't take me, but just a split second. And then it's, it's like, why did, it, why did I even hesitate? Yeah. You know. So how, how do you, how do you help people like embrace that fear? Yeah, I think the way I help them, help them is I help them define it. Mm, yeah. You know, until you name something, something you don't know what it is, right? Yeah, right. Once you name it, it loses its charge, right? Mm-hmm. Perhaps one of our greatest gifts, David, is, is our ability to define and assign meaning to things. Yeah, it's so probably good. our it's probably our least used resource. Yeah, where we can define. So for me, in early in my life, I defined fear as my inability to do something. Mm-hmm. I defined fear as something that you know was going to be risky and cause me to be hurt. And, and now, you know, I've defined fear as an indication that I just haven't done it yet. Mm. Right? That I'm, I'm afraid of it because I lack cells of recognition of how to do it. And of course I do. I've never done it. Yeah, right. So if I can, if I can see, this is the difference, I think, where people get up. Because if we think about fear, you know, the law of polarity tells us everything has an opposite, right? So for fear, we could easily say things. Right. I mean, you could probably say a lot of things. You could say courage. You could say, you know, if if you say courage, could say that courage and and faith are the same. Come on, at some level, you can. Yeah. So if you have fear on one side of the spectrum and faith on the other, I think the problem for most people, David, is is that they try to operate by blind faith, and Mm -hmm. they 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 try to operate by blind faith because we've been told that somehow you're more holy if you do. Yeah. Yeah. Like Uh don't. Don't don't question. Just have blind faith. And if you don't if you don't question, you don't have blind faith. Well, then somehow you're not you're not as holy. Right. I've found that blind faith will fail you every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, sure you'll move, and then the first sign of failure, you'll run. That's what <laughs> blind faith gets you. Right. The, the opposite of that is is faith based in understanding. Mm. So I can I can have faith 
not because I lack awareness. Mm-hmm. I can have faith because I am aware. Mm-hmm. I can have faith because I've taken the time to investigate and understand. I've taken the time to, to explore resources within inside me mm-hmm. that help me see, hold on, this is sort of, you know? And so I, 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 I teach a lesson called the, I know you know it, called the myth of risk. Yep. Yeah, Where absolutely. The only reason why we perceive something as risky or fearful yeah. is because we lack the awareness of the resource within us to fully manifest or bring that forward or overcome it. So, you know, a young child starts, starts to go to ride a bicycle and, you know, they see that as something as risky. Well, of course, they don't understand the principles needed to ride the bicycle. Mm-hmm. And, and once they begin to expand their awareness, and that only happens, that only happens through mentoring, that only happens, you know, now mentoring at that time was a mom and dad, a big brother, an older sister, a neighbor kid, whoever it was, but yeah. somebody at a higher level of awareness stepped into our lives and guided us, expanded our awareness of, of, of our resources with inside of us. Mm-hmm. We, we, we then learned those principles, we gained understanding, then all of a sudden, you know, risk is gone. At the end of the day, you know, we're pedaling down the street saying, look, mom, no hands. Right. It's the right. same activity that at nine o'clock in the morning, we perceived as risky and we could fall and break our teeth or our elbow or whatever it was. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're having all the fun in the world. What changed? What changed was our perception, not about riding the bicycle. What changes our perception about the, about the skills and resources within us. Within and, us. And, and, yeah. And that mentor doesn't have to be a singular person. It could be a collective. And that's why inner circle work you do Mm -hmm. brings that alive. You know, um, the number one business book by far, by far is Think and Grow Rich. By far. By millions. By far. And, you know, he he identifies 13 principles of achievement. One of them is the mastermind. And he says in that chapter, he says that a a third mind is created. Yeah. When, when, when other people come together, a third mind is created mm-hmm. and it becomes a mastermind. And seriously, if you look, if you look at what you've created, that is the structure for every successful endeavor, mm-hmm. for every achievement. No one, no one did it alone. No one. That's so true. Yeah, it's so true. And you know that the power of the mastermind, I, I, I wish people, more people could experience that wow. because- I, I, you know, I'm part of a mastermind myself. I, we, we have an, an international mastermind. You know, my buddy, Andy Hall, um, you know, he, he started this mastermind, invited some people. And it's amazing what happens. You talked about what Napoleon Hill says, you know, a third mind emerges. And it's so amazing. We can be in these conversations and someone else is on the hot seat. You know, maybe it's Marissa that's on the hot seat and she's processing something that a challenge that she's working with. but you know, in your vernacular, boop, a, a light bulb comes off, a, 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 an idea comes, and I'm sitting there writing something about my business. And so the power of that is just, I mean, I, I can't even hardly describe it, but until you've experienced it. And so that's why I'm so passionate about masterminds and the inner circle work that I'm doing, because it's, it truly is transformational. Well, look, I mean, you know, cheap plug, but I'm just telling you, if you're listening, and you haven't gotten into this, you, you, you owe it to yourself. What do you have to lose? Yeah, right. he, he, here's the way I put it, David. 
is first off, forget about the money. The money's insignificant. You know, it, 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 unless you're charging a half a million dollars or more, anything less than a half a million dollars isn't going to change your life. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. You know, so if it's five thousand or ten thousand dollars or three thousand, I even know what it costs. You know, you're, you're going to blow that on something stupid anyway. So don't worry. <laughs> That's right. It's really your time, right? It's yeah. your time. Yeah. And so if you think about it, because that's the only resource we can't make and you can't duplicate. But if you think about it, what is the value of one idea? Mm. I'll tell you what. In 2010, <laughs> I sat down with John Maxwell. Yeah. Had lunch with him at the Jupiter Hills Country Club. And, and I gave him an idea. One idea. Mm-hmm. Now, he instantly, he instantly got it. Two weeks later, I'm in a meeting with him and his whole inner circle, and not one of them get it, right? Just over yeah. their heads, right? They can't see it. Like I was like I was the I was I was in the Coliseum, I was the gladiator. Everybody was like, you know, you know thumbs down, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but John saw it, right? Yeah. That idea has been worth half a billion dollars. That's amazing, man. That is such amazing. One man. one idea. Now, of course, hey. It had to be acted on. It right. needed to be worked. Right. I create. I defer. As soon as he said yes, he said thank you very much. I went. I got an inner circle. I built a team. It's yeah. not the John Maxwell program. Yeah. Right. It's the John Maxwell team. Team. Yeah. Yeah. Team. I put together a teaching team. I put together a sales team. I put together a marketing team. I put together an admin team. I put together yeah. a list, an event team. Yeah. Yeah. An inner circle. Well, so, and I'm sorry, but anybody, no, anybody who's yeah. listening to this. If if you haven't uh, if you haven't submitted to the process, mm-hmm. take the ego, put it over here. Mm. Because I promise you, there's nobody listening here that that individually is smarter or more creative than the collective that you put together. There's nobody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. I mean, you know, I don't care, you know, who's in there. I mean, I do care who's in the room, but I mean, when you have, when you have many people together that are smart and then they're smarter than you, it's so powerful. And thank you for that, Paul. I I really appreciate that. Um, You know, it's, I think it's so important and it's really what I've committed my life to, to be able to, to help business leaders to be able to really you know grow their business but but more importantly grow their lives and and really have a life that's meaningful because you know there are multiple areas of our lives it's not just business it's you know it's our physical health and our emo- emotional and spiritual health and our relational health and all of those things really you know take a team and so i know we're we're kind of coming up to our time but take your time bud when was the last time you got out of your own comfort zone? I, I'm always curious to know, like when, when you like last got out of your comfort zone and like you got a pretty big comfort zone because you've, you've done a lot of things, but like, I'm always curious about that. Cause I, I, I mean, I know what it feels like for me and, and uh, I, I'm just always curious to, to know from somebody with your, your experience. Thank you. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to answer that question two ways. Okay. And, and both are truthful. Okay. okay? Both are truthful. And yet, both are are are, are different. Okay. Because the what the, what you're asking in, at one level for for most people is like, when was the last time you took you started a new business or something, or or you did something that was like a big stretch? Yeah, right? yeah. And and so that's one that's one comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you get to be able to do that if you don't overcome. The little million, little comfort zones 
Yeah. You have to break every day. Yeah. So here's an example. Here's an example. This morning, this morning, <laughs> I wake up in the morning and there's this juice company here called Natalie's Juice. Okay. It is like fresh squeezed, mm. pasteurized, oh, nice. grapefruit juice. I drink it. I drink it every morning. Right? Yeah. And it's, you know, a half gallon. I don't know. It's $6,000 or something, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's one of those. You know, it's yeah. one of those whole foods kind of. You know. Yes, yes. How can no? You know, no, <laughs> right? And so it's expensive. And I know it's expensive. Hmm? Now, I'm living in a house that I just bought. Yeah. I paid cash for. It's beautiful. It's an estate. It's yeah. right. Thank you. It's yes. millions of dollars. Yeah. And I paid cash for it. Yeah. So I can afford the juice. Right, right. <laughs> So here I am. I'm in. I'm in a kitchen that is now the almost the size of what my living room, kitchen, and dining room was in my other place. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm standing on a marble floor. Oh man! I open it up, and the the paradigm in my head, because you've got to drink this juice on a certain date. Oh right, right. And so the, the the woman who does my shopping. There's a new one behind, and there's the, the old one. Okay. So I get, I grab, the, I grab the old one that has this this much left, and I catch the date, uh-huh. and it expired yesterday. <laughs> and immediately, my my little guy inside my head said, "Well, you you know, take take the risk because it's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Don't throw don't throw that away." Mm. You know, get the new one. Not not like, hey, don't worry about your, you know, hey, don't don't drink the old juice, Paul. You can get sick. Get the yeah. new one. You're you're so worth it. No, 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 no. Just the opposite. Drink the old one. Risk getting, you know, bullseye or <laughs> right. or whatever. Right. Eating disease. I'm going to get unpasteurized yeah. yeah. juice. Do that because you know this this glass of juice is three dollars. Right. Right. That's a comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, comfort zone. And David, this little guy in my head. Well, you know the story of the watch. Yep. Yeah. I can't see the watch. I, I I couldn't tell you what time it was. I can't see the date on it. I don't. It's never right. Well, it's right <laughs> twice a day. But it, but it, but it's but it's never right. I can't even see it. But I but I bought that watch in because I've learned I I've developed a habit that whenever this voice says that I can't do something, I immediately. Mm. I don't know what it is. This the the watch was twenty five thousand dollars. I bought the watch on the spot. I had just sold. I just sold my company, my cleaning company, for a million dollars. Mm. There I am. I'm looking at it, and the jeweler says to me, "You know." And I don't even like watches. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like watches. Yeah. And, and the jeweler says to me, "You know, I, I like beautiful things. I like beauty." And yeah. so I see this, and it's beautiful. It's a presidential Rolex. It's beautiful. And I said, "Wow, that's beautiful." It's a, you know, those are expensive. Mm. And instantly, the, my little guy said, and not for you, and not for you. Mm. I said, I'm taking it. Don't even put it in the box. Just give it to me. Put it on my wow. wrist. Done. Uh, but I've learned. So what, what I've done is, is how do I break free of, of, of those? So the, the answer is, is it's a daily battle. Mm. I, I faced yeah. those. When was the last time? This morning with the with, with the stupid grapefruit grapefruit juice. juice yeah, okay? the stupid yeah. every every time I every time I go shopping, and it's yeah. you know do I buy Jif or do I buy you know generic? You know what I mean? Everything. Yep. 
that old paradigm is still mm. there. It follows me, David, everywhere I go. And man, that's so good. I, I thank you for sharing that because I think that there's a lot of times that, especially in my emerging leader uh, inner circle, they think that like there's like this arrival point. And I keep trying to tell them that, look, yeah, there is an arrival point, but that's also your next departure point and it never goes away. And so the the the, the little voice in your head is going to continue to shout at you. And, and so I, I love hearing that somebody who has accomplished as much as you have and, and has been so successful in business continually has to really do battle with that voice. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's encouraging. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just, uh, Halloween night, uh, I had to go get gas and there I am premium or right. And it, there, there it is. Yeah. I'm pump, I'm pumping gas into one of two brand new Lincoln loaded, right? Loaded, right? Yeah. Loaded. I don't have kids. I've got two TVs in the car. Right. right. Loaded. <laughs> right. Loaded. Yeah. I own two of them. Paid cash for them. Oh man. And yeah. here I am, stupid with with the pump in my hand, saying, which <laughs> which button to so push? I think my strategy is I immediately take action opposite that voice. Anything I can do to weaken that voice. Now, in the in the bigger macro. When was the last time I was kind of stretched in a big decision? It was the decision to sell my interest in the John Maxwell team. Sure. That was a that was a really it was a stretch because although you know it, I was selling it and it was, obviously there's going to be you know a, a good financial. I the little voice inside my head said, "What are you going to you know? What your high school dropout?" Mm. So when when I when I when I sold the cleaning company when I was forty, yeah, the little guy inside my head said, "You know." Your high school dropout. What are you going to do to fall back on? You're signing a non-complete. All, yeah. all, all you know how to do is clean toilets. If this doesn't work out, who's ever going to hire? You don't have a book. Who, who's going to hire you as a speaker? You, you, you know, you stutter. You don't know anything. Mm. I was selling it for cash for a million dollars, and in the full face of that, the little guy's there. So consistent all the way through. So one is I have to take action. I have to recognize that voice. I have to find the. I have to define the voice and seek understanding. Mm-hmm. And again, I've got two or three people in my life. I've got an inner circle of people yeah. that yeah. that love me enough to to tell me the truth yeah. and challenge me and believe in me and support me. And that's so good. Yeah, th- thank you for sharing that, Paul. I mean, I, I really, you know, and I think that that you know, for 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 leaders, business leaders, business owners. It's so good to be vulnerable. It's so good to be able to just, you know, share and 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 share in an inner inner circle. You have to have you have to pick the people right and and be you know feel safe. Um, but man, that's it's and it's so good. And and you know it's, it reminds me too because one of the one of the things that I had um, my emerging leaders do recently was to actually do well. You, you know, this will mean something to you. The timeline exercise in the Think and Grow Rich because. It, it gives people that ability to look at the things that they have done. And then it, it really brings back that learning model that you talked about earlier and, and helps them to know that whatever they're facing now, whatever they're facing next, they can do it. Look back. That way you can look forward. And uh, man, I, th- I just think that's so important. Um, l- last question, Paul. Um, you, what, uh, 
you know, as a, as a business leader, what, what's something that you would tell business owners and, and even emerging leaders is, is the most important thing right now to keep like their mind focused and, and really their mind set on, you know, the positive things. And we've, we've got so much going on in our world. How, how do you keep, how do you keep people positive? How do you keep their, you know, your team positive? Yeah. You know, there's an economy and then there's your economy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you gotta, you gotta keep, you gotta keep that in perspective. And, um, you, you've got, you've got to, you know, I, I think you've got to understand that we're, you know, when I started to watch what was going on mm-hmm. in particularly in the summer of 2020 and I saw the riots. So I'm 54, I'll be 55 in, in January. So I was born in 1966. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, the first time I'd ever seen what was going on at that level. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I'd seen, you know, but we started to see what was going on in Portland and Seattle and, yeah. you know, and uh, wow, it was like shaking, you know, and mm-hmm. I think, wow, this is, you know, and then, you know, again, it's perspective from yeah. someone else. Yeah. And an older person that I trust said, you know, get some understanding. Yeah. Watch the riots in the 1960s. This is mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. These, these, this, this is this is nothing. You know, think of all that we've done in the past and have overcome. Right. So good. You got to really kind of keep things in perspective. Yeah. You know, the news cycle is almost like your tongue. You know, you get you get a little piece of popcorn in, in, in your, in your tooth, you eat a little piece of asparagus and you get an asparagus fiber in your teeth and your tongue makes it feel like you got a tree trunk in there. Right. (laughs) And so people magnify this stuff all the way. Mm -hmm. And I think we just want to keep in mind that we're always in structural change. If it wasn't this, it would be something else that would be shaking the snow globe of our life, you know? Uh, And that's, that is one of the laws. It's the law of vibration. It's a very natural thing. You just have to understand you either, you either believe or don't believe that everything is conspiring for your highest good. Mm. And if you believe that, then get about harvesting the good. Yeah, man, that's so good. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with me and with the audience here today. And um, for those of you who are listening, those of you who are watching, um, man, go back and rewatch this. Go re-listen to this. There's so much gold in what Paul has has shared. And and I'm so grateful to be a part of your work and uh, the the great things that uh, Empowered Living is doing and just helping the the world to be a better place. I'm so grateful, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Oh, man. Thank you so much for the invite. I appreciate your friendship. I really do. Love you, my friend. Me too. Wow. What an amazing conversation. I am so grateful to Paul for taking the time and and actually working through a few of the technical issues that we had at the beginning of our conversation before we started recording uh, to to really uh, make this conversation happen. I'm super, super grateful. Here are really five key takeaways that I saw from our conversation and really that I took away from from our time together. And I I would just invite you to consider these these five, five things. Um, first of all, having thinking partners is key to growth. You know, growth is a continuous process and it, it doesn't end. We just have to keep keep growing and we have to have other partners. We have to have other people who have similar values but think differently to keep us growing. And then secondly, everyone needs a coach and an outside peer group or, or a mastermind uh, of people that, that are committed to your growth and their own growth. And, and that group of people will help you to continue to grow as well. 
And then thirdly, this was interesting. He said, you know, basically just because we all have infinite potential, it doesn't mean that we're going to achieve it. It, it, you know, when we're young and, and immature, it's chaotic, it's chaotic potential, but we need to have discipline and we have to have disciplined potential. So basically more discipline equals more impact. And, and that one hit me really hard. I, I really loved that point. And I think it's one that I've keyed in on in my own life. The, the fourth thing is, and, and it kind of goes along with the, the third one, is developing habits, but developing habits to quiet that voice in your head that says you can't do this and do it anyway. Jump in, face your fear and do it anyway. I, I, I loved his, uh, his, his uh, conversation around this point about developing habits to, to quiet that voice. And then, and then finally, I think just, you know, he, he said uh, th- this phrase, uh, get about harvesting the good. I think that that's so important of keeping positive people around you and surrounding yourself with people who focus on the positive, who po- focus on the things that are good and, and kind in the world. And so I just want to encourage you, get about harvesting the good. Uh, go, go make it happen. And if, if you have some other thoughts, some other things that you took away, uh, which you probably did, and I, I, I hope you did, uh, send me a note. Send me a note, admin at davidmcglennon.com, and I would love to hear from you. Finally, just be sure to subscribe and share this with your friends. And of course, give me a five-star review on Apple so we can reach more people and, and have more impact. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode, and I'll look forward to meeting you back here again in the growth space. So until then, be well. Thank you.